This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, and welcome to Dyslexia Devoted, the podcast dedicated to building awareness, understanding, and strategies to help those with dyslexia. I'm your host, Lisa Parnello, dyslexia therapist and founder of Parnello Education Services. This show features information, stories, candid interviews, and experiences with dyslexia at all ages. Join me as we dive into today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. Hello, friends, and welcome back, and welcome to new listeners. Did you know that October is Dyslexia Awareness Month? Welcome to episode 18 of Dyslexia Devoted, and we are going to be talking about the importance of spreading the word about dyslexia. This week, I'd really like to hear your stories. Tell me how dyslexia became a part of your life. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Parnello Education, or better yet, join the conversation in the new Dyslexia Devoted Facebook group linked in this show description. So to start this week's episode, I'd really like to share my experience with dyslexia and how I got into it. As I think back on my career, I started in general education, and then I switched to special education, and I was working at a school for high-functioning autism for several years before I switched to a school for dyslexia. Now, my teaching has changed a lot over those years. And I remember when I was teaching at the school for high-functioning autism, a parent mentioned to me how another school would use markings on the vowels and the letters to teach kids to read. And the way she was describing it didn't make sense to me, and I didn't understand why on earth would kids ever need to learn how to read that way. Why would they need to know what a brev and a micron is and the symbols that you put above the different letters to represent their sound patterns? And it was things that I just thought were unnecessary. But maybe it's also because if we think about it, I was teaching kids with autism who actually recognize patterns pretty easily. So they didn't actually need to learn to read that way because they were able to read pretty quickly because they could recognize the patterns fairly easily, even without being explicitly taught, even if they struggled with comprehending. So my focus was mostly on how to teach kids to understand stories and understand the social interactions within the story. So I didn't really have a strong understanding as to how kids with dyslexia really learn to read. And when someone had brought it up to me, it just seemed unnecessary, the amount of work they were putting into teaching kids to read. Because to me, teaching kids to read always felt pretty easy. It was something I felt like I was a good teacher. I felt like I knew how to do it. And then as my career changed, I decided I needed to make a switch. And I found another school that had more education and support And the focus shifted from being at a school for autism to a school for kids with dyslexia. So still in the realm of special education, but going in a different direction. And I really liked the way the school that I was moving to had a lot of experts in the field of education and special education. And so it was a way that I can continue to grow as an educator and have a valuable support system, which was something that was lacking at the school I was at before that. And so when I got there, things quickly changed in my perceptions on teaching kids to read. As I was teaching kids, the strategies that I'd been using for many years fairly successfully, my kids all learned to read. I never had any kids make it out of my class without learning what they needed to know. 
um, with an exception of, you know, one or two kids who had really, really low cognitive functioning early in my career, that even then I think some of the strategies I use now probably could have helped those kids more. But overall, I felt like I was doing pretty good at teaching kids to read. And then at this dyslexia school, there's one of the girls that all of the tools in my bag of tricks, none of them worked. None of the strategies that had been so successful for so many years worked at all. I would keep teaching it to them and teaching it to them, and it just never clicked. Learning to read didn't make sense. So I went to my administrator and I asked, hey, I really need some help. The curriculum isn't working. The kids memorize the words that are on the page, but they don't actually learn how to use the skills. They can't do the strategies on their own. They just memorize the words and that's it. It's not really teaching them to read. The second you give them something different with the same pattern, they can't do it. And then that's when I was able to get more training to help kids with dyslexia. And that training completely changed the way that I teach. Even now, I've started my own business five years ago, and I could pick any curriculum I wanted. And I still chose to keep doing the same one I was doing at school because I saw how well it worked. And I wouldn't change a single thing other than to keep expanding my learning to just keep learning more about some of the strategies to make them even more effective because I see that they're working. But every once in a while, there's a kid that takes a little longer for them to work, and there's always something new to learn. Dyslexia is very misunderstood, and people seem to think that it involves seeing the wrong letters or thinking that they move on the page. But that's not it at all. It's how the brain processes language. It's not understanding the patterns within words unless someone explicitly shows them to you. It's not processing the sounds correctly within words. It's hearing two sounds that are similar and not noticing that they really are different and that they mean different things, and that you spell them differently on a page, and that they feel different in your mouth, and they feel different in your throat. And there's all these strategies to teach kids with dyslexia how to read, but truth is, most people don't know them. Even teachers. Teachers with undergrad degrees and master's degrees, a lot of this is not in many of the teaching programs for educators. And this is what Dyslexia Awareness Month is all about. Spreading the word about how kids with dyslexia learn differently, And honestly, the strategies you use for kids with dyslexia can help all kids learn to read. So join me this Dyslexia Awareness Month in spreading the word about dyslexia. One of the best things that you can do to celebrate Dyslexia Awareness Month is make a plan for some ways that you can learn more about dyslexia. So I have a few book recommendations. One is Sally Shaywitz's Overcoming Dyslexia. That one's an oldie but a goodie. And if you're like me, that one is a little easier to digest as an audiobook than sitting there to read it um, because it can be rather scientific, but it's also really great because you can read it out of order so you can skip around to the chapters that would be the most meaningful to you. There's another book called The Dyslexic Advantage by Brock and Fernette Ede, and that one is really interesting about the strengths of dyslexia because it's not all bad news. And so I like that it talks about all of the advantages to having dyslexia and the way the dyslexic mind tends to work. There's a more scientific approach by Marianne Wolf about how the brain learns to read called Proust and the Squid. I might be butchering how to pronounce that one. Forgive me. And if you ever have the chance, Marianne Wolf is a powerful speaker. I was able to watch her at a conference that she was at at Stanford, and she was giving an amazing presentation. Her energy is infectious. So it's always really interesting to hear her speak and hear her passion for helping kids with dyslexia. There's also an article that I've linked in our show notes today called Teaching Reading is Rocket Science by Louisa Motes, who is another amazing researcher and person who's helped lead the charge in spreading the word about dyslexia. 
I actually have a t-shirt that says teaching reading is rocket science, and the kids always think it's silly when I wear it, but it brings me joy, and it's a great little conversation starter about how teaching kids to read is a lot more challenging than it seems. Another option is to attend a conference to learn more, such as the International Dyslexia Association Annual Conference. This year, it's going to be in San Antonio, Texas from November 10th through 12th. And this time it's available both online and in person. But I believe the dates are one day off if you're doing the online version so that they have time to process the video and the audio and everything and then post it online the next day. So it won't be streaming live if you're going to do the online version. And I will actually be at that IDA conference this year. And I've attended many years. And every single time I learn something new and I'm able to connect with lots of amazing people. And that International Dyslexia Association conference They have different tracks of classes that you can take. So they have classes for educators and you can take courses that are all about how to teach kids who have dyslexia or they have parent classes too. Some of the classes are more targeted to parents and how to help parents better understand dyslexia and better ways to support their children. And then there's also a researcher track. So if you are more into the science of it all and you want to see more about their research, there's also different researchers that present their findings on their studies about dyslexia and learning to read too. So there's something for everybody at the conference, and it's always so nice to be able to make new friends and make connections, and they have an amazing set of exhibitor booths every year, so you can find out about different products and things that support kids with dyslexia or different groups or schools or organizations that work to help kids with dyslexia. This year, I'm going to be co-leading a simulation with other board members of the Northern California IDA branch. And this simulation we've done many times over the years. I haven't actually done it at the conference, but I've done it a lot at schools and things like that. And the simulation is really what it's like to have dyslexia and be a person struggling with dyslexia. I've done it many times and it's always very impactful. And there's even some tears shed sometimes as parents don't realize or educators don't realize that some of the things that they have said to the kids over the years as a way to try to help them or try to motivate them are actually having the opposite effect and that it could be kind of detrimental when a kid really is trying their best every day. And it's really amazing to watch that aha moment and be able to see people have that realization that maybe they can change their approach to things and it's really powerful. And while we can never fully mimic what it's like to have dyslexia because that is a really special experience that you don't know it till you've lived it, but it is a way to feel the emotions of it and what the frustration level can be like, even if you yourself don't have dyslexia. Another thing that you can do is check out your local IDA branch, as sometimes they have other events that are local to your area that you might be able to do something in person, or they have special trainings that are offered just by their own smaller branch that may not be available at the national conference. And the national conference moves every year, so San Antonio, Texas is not in your neck of the woods. Every year it's somewhere different and they tend to rotate between the two different coasts and sometimes somewhere in the middle so that everybody has a chance for it to get closer to them to maybe not be so expensive to go travel there. And another option is to go check out your local Decoding Dyslexia chapter or another organization called the Reading League and see what kind of events are in your area. Last but most certainly not least, the best thing that you can do to celebrate Dyslexia Awareness Month is to spread the word. Share your experience. I personally would love to hear it, so reach out to me. It can be a direct message or an email, and I would love to hear your story about what got you involved with dyslexia and what kind of impact you hope to have. 
I would also love to know what else you would like to learn about dyslexia because this month is all about dyslexia awareness and I would love nothing more than to speak directly to some of you and some of your requests of what else you would love to learn more about. You can also tell your friends and family, try to reduce the stigma around dyslexia. It's not a terrible thing. Kids with dyslexia and adults with dyslexia have all these amazing thought powers and they're able to think outside of the box and be really creative and have other talents and being able to read in a different way is only one small part of it. I can guarantee you that you know somebody else who's been affected by dyslexia, but maybe don't even know it yet. I know whenever I meet somebody new and they ask what I do, inevitably I get at least one person, whether that's the one I'm talking to or somebody who happens to overhear and is sitting around me, and they will chime in that, hey, I have dyslexia, or I know somebody else in my family that has dyslexia, And it's much more prevalent than people realize. In fact, it's about one in five. And while that statistic does happen on a continuum, so sometimes it's just somebody who's a poor speller and you don't see it as noticeably, or sometimes it's somebody who really struggled to learn how to read for many years. And it's important that we realize that it can happen on that continuum, but it's much more prevalent than we realize. Next, talk to schools about the way kids with dyslexia learn best through systematic phonics that teaches them how words work that teaches them what are those patterns within the words and what are the rules that the letters follow. Because English is a lot more organized than people realize. It's just a matter of being taught what is the pattern because some of them are not always as obvious. Most importantly, kids with dyslexia, and well, all kids realistically, do not learn by looking at the pictures and guessing based on the word around it or the pictures on the page. Because eventually, they stop having pictures in books anymore. You can't use that strategy to guess based on the picture, and you cannot use the strategy to guess based on the words around it as you get further along, especially when you're reading books in science and history, and there's topics kids have never heard of before. Context does not help them figure out what the word says, and we need a strategy that works almost every time, not one that sometimes might sort of work sometimes. We have learned that that strategy stops working after third grade of being able to guess, and it's not a good strategy. We've also learned that the wait-to-fail approach also doesn't work. The longer you let a kid fail, the harder it is to catch them up because they feel so defeated that you end up spending half of your session just trying to overcome the feeling of defeat before you can even start teaching a kid how to read. You have to start teaching them that they're smart enough that they can learn to read. Because if they've been failing for so long, they don't even believe it anymore that they can learn. So it's important that we don't follow that wait-to-fail approach and that we get help no matter what any school system says, remembering that do what you think is best for your kiddo to make sure that they get the help that they need and not waiting to fail. All right, to end out this episode for today, I have a challenge for you this month. I want you to share your story. First, I would love to hear it, but I would also like you to share your story with at least two other families and see what they have to say. Maybe they know somebody who could use help. Maybe they know somebody with dyslexia. Maybe they want to learn more about dyslexia and they don't really understand it very well themselves. The next part of your challenge is to learn more about dyslexia. I know you guys have been learning a lot or you wouldn't be tuning into this episode right now, but I challenge you to go try to learn one more new thing. Check out one more new book. So get out there and spread the word about dyslexia this month. Don't forget to share your story with me. I would love to learn more about you and how you got involved with dyslexia. That's it for today. See you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Dyslexia Devoted. 
Join us for our next episode by subscribing to this podcast as we devote each episode to different aspects of dyslexia. See you next time. 